This is your host, Grant Vermeer, Naval Academy Class of 2017, and I'm your Academy Insider. It's my goal to be your guide through the Naval Academy experience by sharing my stories and providing you inside information into the life of a midshipman. Academy Insider is in no way officially affiliated with the United States Naval Academy. All of the content on Academy Insider is my own and does not reflect the views of the United States Naval Academy, the United States Navy, nor the Department of Defense. Is it the NFL Draft? Are we watching The Price is Right on TV right now? I don't know, but it's ship selection night at the United States Naval Academy, which is a tremendously fun evening where all of the surface warfare officer selects from the Naval Academy get a pick, their first ship and home port. So if you want to learn all about the evening, make sure to check out this episode as I'm joined by Jared Reed Dixon, who's a class of 17 graduate from the Naval Academy and was actually the head of planning ship selection night for the class of 17. So he has a ton of insight and behind the scenes perspective into the actual planning and execution of ship selection night. So if you want to learn about it, check out this episode. There are a couple clarifications I want to make before we jump into the episode. The first is about the different colors that you will see on the board during ship selection. We'll talk all about it in the episode, but just for actual fact, the white are your conventional surface warfare officer slates. The navy blue colored ones are for the SWO blue chips. We'll talk about what a blue chip means in the episode. Red is SWO nuke only. Your yellow is conventional SWO, EDO, and nuke. And then your green slates are for all of the SWO, IWC, the Information Warfare Community options. So that's what it all means. If you want to learn more about the episode, hear all the tremendously entertaining and funny stories that Jared and I share, make sure to check it out. I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know what you think. All right. And everyone, welcome to the Academy Insider Podcast. Today, I am joined by potentially the most famous midshipman of all time and definitely the best looking. So we have Jared Reed Dixon here with us, who is also a class of 17 graduate from the Naval Academy. Jared, thanks so much for coming on Academy Insider. For sure. You know, I would always make time to come on here for you. You know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate it. Before we get started about today's topic, which is all about ship selection, do you mind just telling the audience a little bit about who you are, where you're from, where you grew up, and then what brought you to the academy, and then follow that up with a little bit of who you are as a midshipman. So some of your midshipman self, company, major, and, and things like that, activities that you do. For sure. So I'm Lieutenant Junior Grade Jared Reed Dixon, originally from Suffolk, Brandon, England. I'm from um, a big military family. Both my parents were the Air Force, my brothers are Marine, and my sister is an 08 grad from the Naval Academy. So I think I really didn't know why I wanted to go to the Naval Academy, but I just was always there for every time my sister did went through her journey. Mm-hmm. I got nominated. I got she got nominated by Biden, and then I got nominated by Carper because we applied from Delaware. So yeah, so at the academy, I was in 13th company my freshman year, and then I was in 19th company my sophomore through senior year, and I was a cheerleader and. I was on the competitive cheerleading team, national champions, you know. Love it. And then I wasn't the most academic person, but I was <laughs> I was an economics major, and I just so happened to be the anchor man, which is a whole vibe. How was that? Was that a fun experience? Because I can tell everyone who's listening right now, watching you show up to the graduation ceremony and collect your money was the greatest thing of all time. It was a whole vibe. It, it was fantastic. Well, it was good. It was, it was like kind of crazy because it was like, I didn't realize, I was never the type to be like, I need to be the anchor man. I need to be the anchor man. I think that when yeah. I was going through towards the end, I was like, wait, I think I'm about to be the anchor man. And I remember going to my SEL and I was like, hey, like, I don't really know how to like calculate this right now, but I'm pretty sure that with like, 
you know, some of my colorful decisions mixed with my grades, I was like, I think that I just might be the very last person to graduate. But it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. So the anchor man, which is fantastic, but you graduated and at the end of the day, that's what matters and you commissioned. So what are you currently now doing in the Navy? So it's funny because, you know, I'm coming on here for ship selection because I was supposed to be a service warfare officer. I want to say about like a month and a half before graduation, we started doing the surface warrior medical exam or whatever. That was Mm -hmm. when they figured out I was going to be medically disqualified and I had to go restricted line. So I am now commissioned as a supply corps officer. And I'm the assistant supply officer in Norfolk, Virginia on a destroyer. It is quite the time. So, so you still basically ended up back on a ship. Exactly. So like a lot of <laughs> people, will, yeah, a lot of people think that like when you're a suppo that like you're not going to go back to a ship, but like our motto yeah. is ready for sea. So the biggest thing for the academy was that I, I think I was like given like you're either going to be graduating, not commissioned, or you're going to be a delayed mm-hmm. grad, or you could just go restricted line and then just go physical therapy. You know, well, restricted line you know, get me out of here. So (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. And so with that, when you got your orders to your first ship, was it just talking with the detailer and then they just determined what ship was open? How did you find out you were reporting to your first ship? Was it just a conversation with your detailer? Yeah. So, so that's a little bit different than actual ship selection Um, for supply corps. It's completely different. We just go up there, we go to school for six months and then Mm -hmm. we get detailed by the educational counselor for ship selection, they send out the professional development officer on the Naval Academy will send out a billet list of all the billets that are open. And the good mm-hmm. part of that is that for SWOs, like we get with our commissioning source is the first pick. Like we get to pick first among our yeah. and yeah, so you go through that list and then everyone's looking at like there's like maybe seventy billets for like Virginia, and then there's like two billets for Rhoda and like mm-hmm. three billets for Kauai. So a lot of people will start to pretty much calculate and like that's when the conversations start happening of like what does everybody want to do and then you it's not even talking to your detail you kind of just pick okay <laughs> so yeah yeah it's a good time that's fantastic but for the midshipmen that choose service warfare which at the point in time for us at the beginning of 2017 you were going to be a service warfare officer can you just talk a little bit about ship selection night and basically what the purpose of ship selection night is for all of those people who have selected surface warfare. So I would say is that I would, uh, 2017, our class was probably the first class to actually do what we were supposed to do for ship selection. Ship selection is supposed to be, you know, celebrating the fact that you, first of all, you made it to your first year Mm -hmm. and you made it to be a surface warfare officer, you know, like they have they have the big parties for the pilots, the big uh, parties for the Marines, the sub ball. Mm-hmm. They have all these things. And we have the surface ball as well. But ship selection is like the night for the surface warrior. So this was the first year that we turned the entire thing into more of a celebration rather than just mm-hmm. a ceremony. Um, so that night, it's just kind of like it's you like you start the night by like eating dinner with all the admirals from like all around the world. Um, wine. We love wine, and it's like two bottles of wine, <laughs> and like yeah, at every wine. little dinner table. And that's more about like the networking part. You're just kind of asking questions. Um, they shuffle you up randomly, and then after the dinner, you usually go back to your room, freshen up, and then you head over to um, alumni hall. So alumni, that was the first year that we did it in alumni hall because prior to that, it was always a memorial hall, and it was okay. very low key. 
Yeah, and so I'm going to uh, take a, a quick pause here. You say we are planning it. You really spearheaded this whole thing. How involved were you with this process, and how was trying to get that venue change uh, to Alumni Hall? How difficult was that to make happen? Well, I just remember I was sitting in Nimitz one day, and I got an email from the captain of ProDev and mm-hmm. the CC'd of the commander, the assistant ProDev, and they were like, hey, like we're – Interested in kind of doing something a little bit different this year yeah. for surface warfare for the uh, for the ship selection. Like, would you be in and kind of heading it? And I was like, I don't really know what you mean, but <laughs> like, we can sit down and talk about it, you know. And so uh, I sat down. And I was like, Hey, like hashtags. Like, we need to have hashtags. We need to have Instagram stuff. We need to have like a Snapchat filter. We need to have a DJ. Yes. We need to have this and like things to kind of make it more modern. And it just mm-hmm. so happens that the the captain and the commander, like they were both academy grads as well. So like they had their own ship selection. And so when when it, it, it was cool to have bring I like, give my ideas to people with rank and then they give those ideas to you know the commandant and then who's mm-hmm. ultimately briefing the superintendent. And luckily the leadership for us from ProDev all the way to the commandant to the superintendent were a one hundred percent in for it. So yeah. It was and, it was good to have that support. To have, uh, yeah, have the support from the high up leadership to make this event exactly like what you what you said is more modern, fun, and celebratory for all of our surface warfare right. um, shipmates that are going to go and literally pick where they're going to be, what ship they're going to be on, uh, which is where I kind of want to move to next is, hey, once you get to Alumni Hall and you're going through ship selection, if parents want to tune in and watch, what are they actually looking at? What are the midshipmen going up? And what are the factors that midshipmen get to choose, whether that's home port type of ship? Can you just kind of run through all the different things that midshipmen get to pick while they're up there? For sure. So when you get to walk into Alumni Hall, obviously Alumni Hall is absolutely huge. Um, mm-hmm. The whole top, 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 top row is going to be all of your company mates, your teammates, people just there to kind of cheer you on. They're obviously um, they're any class and they're um, any company, any service selection. They're just all up there to cheer on the surface worker officers. Um, in the very middle, um, in the front rows, those are going to be all the admirals and all, all the admirals as far as um, the PICOMs in the fleet. And you're going to have mm-hmm. all the captain commanders for, which the COs and XOs for um, each ship mm-hmm. from around the entire world. Um, and then behind them in the middle is going to be every single service warfare officer that is, um, I think it was there was 220. 23 of us because I was the last one to pick again <laughs> and so they go, they go from one to 223 and so what the parents get to see is board and a stage on the stage you'll have um the dj and just kind of play music as you're walking down and then you'll have a whole bunch of uh names of ships some of the ships are different colors based off of whether it's nuclear or if it's not and if it's a minesweeper um and then under the colors of the names is where they're home ported at so that's usually okay. that's the big thing of what the parents get to see because they don't really get mm-hmm. to see what the midshipmen see which is all of those people so then when they call your name you get up and then you'll play um your walk down song which is something that i was <laughs> I like you know what that. like it needs to, like you know personalize it so like oh absolutely and, and how long do they get for the walk-up song when you're going through this planning process did you uh make it like a 15 second song or 20 seconds of a song like how, how long did each person have with their walk-up song yeah so each song i think for us was like 30 seconds i okay. think it got shorted because ours was very 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 long so yeah you have a i know for our year we had a powerpoint slide that had like Midshipman, uh, first class, Jared Reed Dixon. They would have me, my like midshipman picture, and then mm. 
you have a picture of you in uniform, a picture of you outside of uniform, like your favorite color, a fun fact, what company you're in, what's your major, mm-hmm. um, why you're excited to be a service worker officer. And then in the background is whatever song that kind of like characterizes you. So it just kind of makes it more of like your moment by it's just being a moment, if that makes sense. Because, you know, again, that is one of that at the Naval Academy as a service warfare officer, that is the turning point of your entire career. You are choosing what you're going to be doing for your first choice. Which is not an easy choice to be taking. (laughs) Not not at all. And, And so part of that is like you're saying, uh, there's home ports and then all the ships that are available under that home port. Is there generally uh, what you've seen a common port in which the majority of ships get selected first? Like, do you see people pick mainly for the home port or for the actual ship itself? I think for our class, it was mostly about home port. Um, okay. <laughs> most yeah. people did not want Norfolk because pretty much what happened. Like nobody wanted <laughs> to be at Norfolk. Um, yep. The smarter kids, because again, you're you're um, you're put in there by order of merit. So the smarter kids get the Hawaii, Rota. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple people get Japan, but most people want. Like I think I believe like it's like Hawaii, Rota, and San Diego are the first three mm-hmm. that always go. And yeah. the lower you are in order of merit, you're probably going to be in in Norfolk, which is fine. You know, <laughs> it's fine. So and then it's not really about like. Um, it's not about what your location now it's going to be about like, what type of ship do you want to be on? Do you want to be on a cruiser? Yep. We can't choose carriers. So it's either a cruiser or a destroyer. And then, mm-hmm. okay, do I want to be on a newer ship or an older ship? Or do I want to mm-hmm. be on a, it, it, for me, it was more about like, I know I had my sister there with me cause she was a teacher at the time and she knew yeah. people on different ships. So it's kind of like, Hey, I heard that this captain's really good. I've heard that you know, these department heads are a little bit more locked on. Like I know some, you know, mm-hmm. it's more like who you know, because Navy is so small. And so I think as we go through it, once you get to the lower, the lower numbers, that's going to be mm-hmm. when it's more like personal for each and every ship. Okay. Um, and so just to clarify and reiterate, because uh, we kind of just mentioned it, is that the order in which midshipmen get to pick is based on your order of merit. Correct. So of all of the surface warfare officers, uh, or surface warfare selects the person with the highest order of merit out of all of the surface warfare selects will get to go up and pick their ship first. <laughs> Correct. Um, which is which is really, uh, you know, <laughs> like you're saying, like, if you uh-huh. unfortunately in the lower end, you're kind yeah. of more just like, oh well, I I hope there's something left. Yeah. I hope there's something good left. Um, but that now has also changed a little bit okay. with the idea of the blue chip. Yes. From summer training. Do you mind talking a little bit about the blue chip uh, and what that means and how that affects midshipmen, especially some of the midshipmen uh, that have lower order of merits? Good question over here. Like, okay, let's think back. So, okay. So the way that the blue chip works from my understanding is that like, these are the people that go through the Naval Academy. Like I want to be a surface warfare officer. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally, like I would say for myself, I wanted to be a Marine. So yep. my first class cruise, quote unquote, when they call it a cruise, it's just like a training opportunity, was yep. Leatherneck. I was went to Quantico, X, Y, and Z. However, if you're like, I want to be a swell, you're going to say, I want to be a swell, and I want to go on a, on a surface cruise as a Percy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when you're going to be following around a division officer to learn what they're doing. If you perform so well while you're on the summer training, and the captain or the XO, um, see that since you're like really learning because you're you're going to be a divo within a year they can blue chip you meaning like hey i want jared Dixon to come back to the ship as my 
officer, right? Or mm-hmm. for whatever it is. And so when they blue chip you, I'm not sure how it works. I think it, I think it's literally a letter um, and a combination of a couple other things. That's like, I want this person on my ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happens, it's kind of, you're chilling at ship selection because you know <laughs> that you know exactly where you're going. Um, yes. So that's, that, that, that's a whole nother experience. I believe we had like six, six to eight blue chips our year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like I said, those are the people that if you're dead, like people are dead set on being a service worker. And I think sometimes yeah. one thing that the community is definitely trying to change is, you know, we, there's people that want to be swell. So swell is not the last thing that, you know, yeah. Um, and those are the ones that want to do it are really good at it. And then they get chosen for, you know, a ship that they want to be on. So yeah, those are the lucky yeah. ones. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's really helpful because like you're saying, the Rodas, the Hawaii's, the San Diego's, they usually go first to a point where someone with a lower order of merit might not be able to get a ship out of there unless, like you're saying, right. you know, you might not be the most academically inclined, but you get the opportunity over your summer training if you're on a destroyer out of Hawaii or a cruiser out of San Diego or whatever it may be to prove that you are, one, a good human being, but two, are going to be a good officer with a great right. work ethic and you can prove that you would be great on that ship, which I think is a fantastic opportunity because it provides a lot of people potentially in a lower lower order of merit to still get the ship they want. Right now on the flip side or not necessarily the flip side, but in addition with that is that if you receive a blue chip from your ship, you are not required to take it. So if you went on the summer cruise and your ship liked you, but you didn't necessarily like your ship and you didn't want to go back to it, or it's in a location that you don't want to be, you are not required to take right. that blue chip. Right. Um, so again, it provides you with that safety spot, um, but you're not required to take it. So if you have a blue chip somewhere, but you'd rather go somewhere else, um, that is absolutely a thing you can do. Um, so if you're a parent out there and you know that your son or daughter got a blue chip to a specific ship, uh, but doesn't want it, that is just fine. They do have the ability to pick something else if they would like. Amen. Um, amen. Love that. All right. Next thing that I kind of want to get to is what do mid, so when they, you're coming up on ship selection, the months leading up to ship selection, what are midshipmen talking about? Like, are they trying to figure out where their friends are going via location or ship? Like their plans being made between midshipmen. Uh, and how was that experience for you? Like what are mids considering when they're on in the days leading up to ship selection? So I would say the people that are more competitive, AKA like the first, like, hundred people they're the ones that are a little bit that are gaming it more um Mm the gaming it as in like asking oh so where you want to go like what do you want to be doing because everybody knows first of all Mm -hmm. who like the like let's just say there was one spot to hawaii and the top 10 people it's easy to know like yeah let's just break it down to the top 10 if you talk to the top 10 people and they're all trying to get one hawaii spot like that's when there's not necessarily drama but that's it's people are trying to game it you know um So everybody's got, everyone's asking, oh, it's like, what are you thinking? Where do you want to go? I know a lot of the football players are like, oh, we're all going to go here. <laughs> we're all going to go on this ship, you know, because some, some people it's more about, I want to be, you know, with my friends. Other people, it's like, I want to get as far away as I can. And so everybody has their own thing. Um, but I think it became more of a conversation uh, leading up to it if you were more competitive because with people towards the end, we're kind of, we're kind of like, okay, well, we're going to get whatever, whatever everybody else doesn't want. That's what we're going to be getting. So we're not really stressing about it. That's yeah. for me. That was most of my friends. And we were just kind of like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. We're probably going to be in Norfolk. So it's just make sure we're not going to be on a, you know, crazy ship in Norfolk. 
And kind of with that, like you were saying, you don't necessarily have as much control over it. But is there still a lot of, um, use a, a Navy term here, a lot of scuttlebutt about potential captains and crews of ships that are available? And is there any alumni participation in this, like mids who are surface warfare officers reaching back uh, to midshipmen at the academy saying, hey, this is a great ship, you should come here? Or even on the flip side, hey, this is not a great ship. Yes. Uh, you may want to look completely elsewhere. forgot about that. So I experienced that more... Um, so once you get to the fleet, right, like now that I look at now, now that I think about it, um, for me, like I said, I always had uh, a lot of mentors that knew a lot of people like, Hey, I know the captain on the ship. I know the XO on the ship or mm-hmm. my sister, she knew all the, um, department heads. So that's when you kind of start asking, okay, who do we know in whatever area? And then, so some people are very direct, like they'll come in and they'll have like the top seven ships that they're going to. They'll be like, yeah. okay, if I don't get this, then I'm gonna get this. And if I you know, if I don't get this, then I get this. <laughs> um, and so usually, I mean, if you know people, you're right, if you're networking, then you're mm-hmm. gonna be asking what's the best place to go, you know, for for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so I would say that that's definitely a factor. Um, because what most of our sponsor parents are usually commanders are higher. And if yeah. you're a commander, you're probably either post uh destroyer cruiser. Uh, no, I mean, you're definitely, you're either post-destroyer or pre-destroyer, or you're going to be taking, you know, command of a cruiser or something like that. So, like, a lot of them, like, they're their peers. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's just asking, hey, like, what do you think? What do you think is a good ship? And then, you know, them asking their friends. And then, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, now I kind of want to move back a little bit to the actual night of ship selection. So, you're talking about it. Your name gets called, your song comes up, your slide gets put on the screen, and you're walking down. Um, and, and I'm saying you're as in just like in general, if, if this is your midshipman kind of coming down. And you get to the board again. Do you mind just running people through, again, just what the different colors of... Um, so there's actually like, they're literally like, what are they? Like magnets that go up on a board up there? Right. So it's just like a big, yeah. it's a big whiteboard and they're all okay. different magnets. I'm not, I never even understood what all of the different colors meant <laughs> because I knew that most of them yeah. did not, they did not pertain to me. I just know some yep. of them were like, Hey, this one's nuclear. I think yep. there was some, um, clearly all the wine from the dinner was gone by the clearly. time we started walking. <laughs> I clearly didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but I would say that, uh, so, okay. So they call your name and they'll be like, you know, two twenty three Jared B. Dixon cue music, music on, you walk down, um, your picture goes up, everyone's screaming and yelling for you. And it's kind of like an adrenaline rush. And like, yeah, as you're walking down and then when you get up there, usually by the time, like, I think five people up before me, I was like, okay, this is the one I'm going to get. Like, I'm going to choose. I think I actually, I chose the. Oh, I chose the USS Forrest Sherman. Okay. Mm-hmm. So initially I was like, okay, the Forrest Sherman, it's still there. It's still there. I'm going to like, that's what I'm, so like I went, walked down knowing that's where I was going to go. Yeah. Um, and that's how it works for everybody. Cause you're not just going to mm-hmm. walk up there and I'll be like, okay, now I'm going to make up my mind because you know, um, yeah. so you get up there. Um, the music usually like dims down. You figure out this is what I'm going to do. You get it. You, you show uh, the MC. This is what I'm going to do. She says it over the, uh, you know, over the PA system and then you wave and you have your little moment and then you walk off, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it's fantastic. Uh, and it's really cool. So with it's that, a, um, a I do just dramatic as you want it to be, 
you know, <laughs> wink, wink. You could add a little personal flair to it, a little yeah. spice if you want. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so with those magnets, the one that I specifically uh, know about, because these are all my brethren, is if you are a SWO CW option, meaning you're a surface warfare officer with a guaranteed lateral transfer to the cryptologic warfare community, uh, those are the green uh, like magnets on the board. So if you get a green magnet, that means those spots are specifically reserved for the people going SWO CW or like SWO uh, anything into the information warfare community. We also have SWO EDO options, um, which I think are the blue ones, if I'm not uh, mistaking. Mm-hmm. And then like you're saying, minesweepers and stuff. So uh, those are just the different colors that you may see on the board. Again, just referencing different things, but you're very generic um, SWO, whether it's on a crew des, so a destroyer or a cruiser or an amphib. So uh, again, your LSDs, LHDs, uh, LHAs, all those are going to be just normal white placards, usually with uh, the blue lettering. Yes. Now, when you do take that placard off or that magnet off, do you get to keep it? Is that something that you get to hold on to, or do you have to turn it back into uh, whoever is running the show? You know, you know what? That's a really good question. I'm pretty sure actually you get to keep it. And I don't know where mine is at now that you're bringing it up. Um, you definitely get to keep it because then what yeah. happens is, is you uh, like the little tradition is that you put it over your door in Bancroft. Yeah. So uh, for me, I had, it was me and my roommate, Jaden Robinson. He chose an LCS. I chose the DDD and then R, we put it over our room. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of cool because, you know, yeah. as you're walking around Bancroft, you can see like where this was. It's like a, I don't know if anybody else really does it. Like, I don't think they put like wings or like uh, Marine Corps and stuff like that. Yeah. But like that's the yeah. slow thing. You put it over your um, your room so everybody knows like, this is the shit that you're going to and this is where you live. So, yeah. You definitely absolutely. get to keep it. And I really don't know where mine is. So now I have to figure <laughs> that out. Um, and then, so when you, you do it, you pick it. Now what happens when you walk off stage? Because from a parent's perspective, anyone who may be watching the event, you just you just walk off the stage and everything ends. But what happens when you walk off stage? Do you get a meet with your CO and crew who are there? Or kind of what's the next So I literally just got chills like thinking about it because it just like brought me back to it. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, and I say remember because again, I was living my best life that night. <laughs> um, I walked off and when you're walking down the steps, which you can't see by on the cameras, you have all of the, again, COs, Commanders, the admirals, the XOs. Um, at that point, I had uh, Captain Cruz. He gave me his swoopin, and he was like, "Hey, like this is gonna be the guy who, like, when I get my swoopin, I want him to have mine." So he gave me his swoopin, which was awesome. And then when I walked mm-hmm. off, I shook the hand of uh, the commandant, uh, now Brigadier General Lazuski, and then I met my captain. So the captain for the ship, when they're like, "Oh, USS for Sherman," right? Like as you're walking mm-hmm. down the steps, they're like, "Okay," like, and then they give you a coin. Yeah. And so they meet you. So nice, like so nice to meet you. Blah 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 blah. Like we'll talk later. Usually, what happens is like later they'll like we'll all get drinks and just kind of like talk about stuff. But the part that was the weirdest part for me that I shared with a couple of my friends is that after you walk past that, it's kind of just like a lot of emotions hit you. And I mm-hmm. remember it was like me and a couple of my girlfriends just like kind of literally have an emotional breakdown because <laughs> at that point, call me dramatic, right? Um, at that point, it was just kind of a culmination of like all of the hard work that you put in through for us. I went to math. So five years at the Naval Academy and then you got service. Me didn't get out. OK, <laughs> you know, what I'm you made it through the academics. You made it through some of the conduct boards and yeah, and yeah. all the different the dark ages. You made it through everything. And like now you are a surface park fair officer and you are getting your order to the 
And so I know that we were just kind of like having a moment about like, you know, being happy and proud, for, proud of each other. But that's definitely not a gift. <laughs> so mm. you do that, get yourself together, wipe off your makeup and just keep it moving. And then it's still, it's a whole celebration, you know, like that's like the start of the night. It's like, mm-hmm. and that, that point everyone's congratulating you, taking pictures and, um, and again, like that's, and then usually by that point, that's when you're, the people that are supporting you, like come down from that top, that top row to come down and mm-hmm. congratulate you. And then you go get drinks after and who doesn't want yeah. that? And and that's great. And, and that's like a legitimate event after, correct? Like there is a post uh, service or ship selection yes. event for the service warfare officers. Yeah. So um, they actually have a ballroom. That's uh, I didn't have any part in planning that. I probably asked for more than just beer and wine. <laughs> but there's a whole um, thing that's actually catered up there um, by the officers club. However, mm-hmm. they um, some of the COs, or in this case, like there's like some of the strike groups, right? So if you have an mm-hmm. admiral that's coming. Like for our case, um, like right now, like my stri- this isn't for the Fort Sherman, but like my if there's if the strike group admiral came, he would want all of his commanders and all of those mm-hmm. the shipmen that selected those ships. So that's probably like you know four or five ships, right? Which is like twenty midshipmen. All of you guys are together because you guys are all in a strike group together, and you guys all go get drinks together. So. You get drinks, yeah. you get to meet your chain of command, um, and they'll usually go. I know some people went over to the Oak Club, and it's just it was just like a party time. You know what I'm saying? You just like not really. Actually, no, I'll take that back. It wasn't party time at that point. It's like professional like networking. It's like, hey, this is going to be your captain. So you know, hi, nice to meet you, but also don't get too crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good yeah. time. Absolutely. And um, the last thing that I really wanted to talk about with this one are specifically people going abroad. And you may know a lot about it. You may not. But I figure I'll just ask the question and see how much you do know. For like the sailors that or sailors, the midshipmen that pick Japan as their home port, um, there's like a the, the it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first mid who selects either Sasebo or Yakuska somewhere in Japan, don't they like get a sword or something like presented oh, to them by? Yeah, isn't it? I I believe that happened. I didn't realize that's what it was though, because like usually like okay. it's like so I don't know exactly what happens. However, I know that when you choose like Japan, the, the mm-hmm. Naval Academy is so diverse as far as like having international instructors. Usually, yeah. you'll have like the. Uh, the the, uh, the Japanese admiral come up to you and give you like a little like samurai looking sword thing like yeah it, which is which is cool because I, totally I think that cool. might be one of the only that might be one of the only places I think that that does that so like yeah now you're getting you know congratulated by not just your commander and maybe your admiral of your strike group but a completely other like another country's mm-hmm. <laughs> captain is coming up to you and recognizing the fact that so yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that's just so cool. So that, yeah, that was specifically happened last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually the first mid who picked uh, a Japan based ship got presented with the samurai sword in an impromptu on stage celebration, that which may amazing. be the coolest thing of all time. I, if I had a picture holding a samurai sword with a Japanese admiral at uh, ship selection night. That's sure. like the coolest Literally. Thing that's amazing. <laughs> um, so that's way cool. Um, but again, yeah. So for everyone listening, Japan, obviously, both Sasebo and Yakuska, uh, we usually have a couple ships. And I mean, like, literally just a couple, meaning usually like somewhere between two and five out of Rota, Spain. Uh, you have Pearl Harbor, San Diego, Everett, Washington, um, Norfolk, 
uh, what little Creek, but do they just combine everything basically under no, Norfolk or no, they actually have separate? little because usually they'll have, okay. um, there's definitely different ships like Naval Station Norfolk holds everything, but like, yeah, some of the amphibs are over there in little Creek. So you'll have little yeah. Creek, um, but you also have Norfolk. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, we just provided a ton of information. So thank you so much for doing that. For sure. And now I want to turn this and direct this a little bit at the parents really quickly. If there is a parent out there that wants to watch uh, their son or daughter go through this experience, do you know, is this live streamed uh, where they could potentially find that? Yeah. So I know what put the PAO of the Naval mm-hmm. Academy will, um, first of all, they have cameras set up everywhere. There's a whole yeah. department, and not only are people, I don't people, I don't think people know that there's like a whole department for the PAOs. Like yeah. they will set up cameras everywhere, and then they will make a link for where mm-hmm. uh, you can watch it. And so that actually gets sent out. There's no like that gets sent out specific. I know for um, when you pick service selection, it's more by company, right? But for mm-hmm. ship selection, now it, this is monitored by the actual Naval Academy, like it's not by by each company. And there will be like this is the link that you will go and you will watch. And I know my mom was watching me while she was still in England. So like yeah. you literally, you get the that's link and you special. send it to your parents and you're like, Hey, this is where, and then you tell them what number you're at. Because honestly, it's, it's, it's exciting at the beginning, you know, but when you're going through 200 for me, my mom was like, yeah, my mom yeah. was like, okay, well, tell me when you need me to watch. I'm like, mom, I'm the very, very, very last <laughs> one. So you can go come in there maybe like an hour and a half into it. But yeah, yeah, no, it's exciting because you can, um, in my mom's case, right? Like she's literally, she was still in England and she would watch me. Like, okay. Well, like when, where's uh, my best friend, Diana? Like, where's my best friend? Mm-hmm. Like Cassandra. Like, right? and so she would watch my friends because she just knew what number they were. So they, they send you a link. It gets sent out. I want to say probably like a week and a half in advance. And then they'll send it out to the whole brigade. The brigade gets it. And then you just forward it to your family. Usually everyone's posting it on Facebook. You'll definitely know. Cause when, You'll know. when the Naval Academy has ship selection, everybody, knows. everyone knows. It's it's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for all of your time uh, with this, Jared. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Do you have anything else you would like to add? Any comments or anything in regards to ship selection night or anything about the Naval Academy before we jump into our final conclusion of our lightning round of questions? I would just say that enjoy it because i think sometimes people put this stigma of like what ship selection i don't i don't i think now we've probably broken that stigma from 17 moving forward yeah but i think with some people get so uptight when it comes to like that is your night to celebrate all of this it's fun yeah it's fun like this is not like graduation okay there's a lot of people watching and there's a lot of very 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 important people there so you need to be professional x y and z but like Ship selection, still be professional, but like remember that like that night is about you and it's not about anybody mm-hmm. else. So um, I think you people can get down in the dumps about being, being uh, you know, maybe they're not getting their select, like not getting exactly what they wanted. But you need to remember that at the Naval Academy, like we get to pick before everybody else does. So you need to be at least grateful for that. Okay. Yeah. And you're picking at the United States Naval Academy. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say that when people go, like they need to have the mindset of, you know what, I am celebrating all the hard work that has led me to. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah. I appreciate it. Ooh, yeah. Um, all right. Now let's run through these lightning rounds of questions really quick uh, and get these knocked out. You ready? Wow, here we go. All right. First one. What's your favorite spot on the yard? Where's your favorite place to be? Favorite spot in the yard would be Memorial Hall. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Good, good one. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite meal in King Hall? Favorite meal would be, oh my God, I'm getting old. We're getting old. 
<laughs> I'm like, what did they even serve us? I don't even know. Hold on. Honestly, and this sounds terrible because every single time we would have, we would be wearing whites, we would yep. get spaghetti. Spaghetti. But I loved the spaghetti because they would have so much meatball. It's not just spaghetti, but like spaghetti and chicken parm. It's everything over there. I love it. Yeah. So, love Solid it. Solid choice. All right. This one's going to be a little bit more in depth. And I know this is going to be a tough question for you because you have so many phenomenal mentors uh, in your life. But who or what is the biggest influence to your leadership style that you have today that you can trace back to your time at the Naval Academy? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you can't see my face and I'm on video. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's so crazy is that I think I learned the most from General Lazuski. And mm-hmm. he has been my mentor for I don't even know how long because I knew I because when I was gung ho Marine Corps, mm-hmm. I just remember the first time I saw him I was like why no I saw his picture before I saw him and I was like oh boy you know yeah. and I saw and then when intimidating I, yeah, yeah it's very intimidating <laughs> and then there was times when I had to brief him right because if you remember mm-hmm. like our senior year every single event that I ever planned for all of us like yep. it had to be briefed to the commandant. And I just remember I had to always go above and beyond to ensure that every question that he would ask, and he asks questions about everything. I was like, okay, I yes. need to make sure. I think it was one of the first ones I had planned, which was uh, service selection. That was when I was like, okay, I need to really set my game up. And then he saw me at Leatherneck. And so with him, um, he influenced me because he's so in-depth. He's yeah. so serious. He has his command presence about him. But he's also like really, really, really cool and down there. Yeah. Um. And so I've always loved that about him. So I would say that he's probably one of the biggest influences on my leadership side, just because he's straight to the point. And if you can do the job, it doesn't matter what you look like, what gender you are, you know, what you do, if you're dumb or smart, if you can get the job done very well, like that's all I'm mm-hmm. worried about. So love that. Yeah. We we were truly blessed to have had him as a commandant. Him and Admiral Byrne. I just couldn't Byrne. even imagine two different or two very different leaders, but two just absolutely phenomenal leaders in their own right that just have were we were just so lucky to have both of them. I think those are both some of like the like that had to have been like there, there was no better timing for that. Like to have yes. Burn when we had Burn and then have Lazuski, when we had Lazuski, it was just like the perfect timing, especially for the personality of our class. <laughs> and, to have, and to have Carter all the way through was oh, just uh, phenomenal. Uh, Admiral Carter is one of the most impressive people who I just, I have so much admiration for that man. I just, yeah. And shout out to Linda Carter because we love her too. We love her. We love her. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, kind of last question here. What's your greatest memory? And I know you made a lot of great memories. Oh, I know wow. you had a lot of fun. But what is your greatest memory from your four years in Annapolis? Oh, God. Um, And this sounds so crazy, but you have to let me finish. So I think it was my year. Okay, there we go. Good one. So my senior year, I was the captain of the competition cheerleading squad. And we would work out probably, you know, as hard or harder than like the football players were because we would practice and practice and practice and practice. And we went to nationals and we won and we came back and we were invited by the superintendent to come over to his house for an ice cream social to kind of like congratulate us. And that was like Mm -hmm. the first time that's ever been like that's ever happened. And I think that was my greatest memory because um, and this is another thing parents understand that 
at the Naval Academy, when you talk about order of merit, right, you're talking about conduct um, linked with academics. And it's a lot of stuff that's on paper. And then when they look at that, they'll also do, you'll do interviews and they'll see your, you know, your, how you communicate and your leadership. And some of us, right, anchorman, black in, having a good time, living my life, right? You don't get to have those opportunities specifically because your paper does not look, it doesn't look like you would be, you know, a quote unquote adequate leader, right? Yep. But with cheerleading, right? I had people that were like, you know what? He's the best for the job. He needs to be the captain. He needs to do that. And so for me, that was a big win because I just remember how we would have our highs. We, and there was so, it was bad. There were so many things that were that, there were so many things that we went through as a team. Um, people getting sick, people getting hurt. We had a couple of losses in our class and to kind of go through that as a team and then come out as national champions and then get, um, there's a picture and I wish I could probably send it. It's, um, we can, Hey, we can, we can put it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. There's a picture of my team in the back of the superintendents, um, in his backyard at like sunset. And we put in our blues, right. And we put the pyramid, like the cheerleading pyramid. Up. Yeah. And so everybody's in their blues and you have girls standing on top of girls, you know, hitching. And, and there's this one amazing photo of everybody. And I just remember looking at that like, wow, like we really did that. You know, so you that was probably my biggest memory. So I was like, you know, because sometimes you can get in your head a little bit. You're like, am, am I going to be a good officer? I keep like keep <laughs> getting on restriction, <laughs> you know, but then you're like, you know what? At least you're doing something. You're doing something right. So that was a big that was a good memory. Absolutely. Uh, well, Jared, thank you so much for taking uh, the time to run us through service selection uh, and sharing some of your favorite things, yes. some of your moments. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Grant, for inviting me on here. I think what you're doing with this is amazing. I think it's good to show a big variety of the um, all the graduates of the Naval Academy. And so I think this is Absolutely. good because they can get all the different perspectives, you know? I appreciate it. That, that yeah. is the goal. That That's is the, the goal. goal. Trying to give back, help out the uh, the parent loved one community, and show them uh, what the Naval Academy is all about, and all the amazing people who have gone through and are now doing great things Dang all man. around the world. So, uh, all right. Well, to the Academy Insider audience, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, check out the show notes again for that picture uh, oh, yeah. uh, that Jared is talking about, as well as other links uh, from the podcast episode today. So, thank you guys so much, Jared. Once again, thank you, and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode so much. And a quick shout out to Ann Shine because I wish I was clever enough to have come up with the NFL draft combined with a little bit of the Price is Right joke about ship selection. But that actually came from Ann Shine's book, A USA Mom's Journal, which is a fantastic read if you're looking, especially for all the parents out there, about the USA experience from the parents' perspective and everything that goes on in the Naval Academy. A fantastic read. I'll put a link to that book in the show notes and anything else we talked about in this episode. So make sure to check it out. If you would like, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe. I'm really looking forward to it. And you guys, thank you so much for letting me be your guide to the United States Naval Academy journey.